0: to the Empire You Financial Podcast. I am your host, CEO and founder, Eva Palacios, where we teach people how to live life on your own terms through financial literacy and credit education. I am kind of torn between how I feel about the next topic, but at the end of the day, you guys know I always operate in full transparency, but most importantly, bringing you value and knowledge when it comes to all money, credit, and financial topics. So today, I actually want to talk about preparing for bearing your loved one. And I know the last episode, we talked about life insurance. And, um, and first of all, thank you guys. Thank you guys for all of your love and support you know last week we buried my mother and i have to say man the power behind community the power behind love the power behind god and being surrounded amongst amazing people that literally were my support system thank you to each and every single one of you that came through for the services that prayed for us that you know shared just you know memories and and great messages in my DMs. Like, I love each and every single one of you, which is why I wanted to talk about this topic because while definitely it's encouraged to talk about and to to, to plan and to pay for life insurance, I also know that we have to cater to all audiences. And sometimes we, you know, we're in a space to where we don't know if we can afford something and 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 this is where it comes down to you know not having the right information or just not having information for you to be able to make these decisions so i want it to come from the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of okay eva like life insurance is great but financially i can't afford that so what do i do what do i do if if we didn't plan for this? How do we recover? How do we get through it? How do we even survive during a situation like this? So we're going to talk about that because it's very, very real, right? We don't know when our time is up. It's all up to God. You know, God's the one that gives us a time on, on this earth that hopefully we are walking in our purpose to serve as children. And when that time is up, we go to heaven and we celebrate and we, you know, go with our, our loved ones and all of those that have crossed over. But for those who are the survivors, the beneficiaries, the, the family of those who are, are mourning that loss, how do we even get through the day? So that's what I want to talk about today is, is being able to be in a space on how do I even plan for this funeral are there any resources? What do I do? How does it work? And I'm going to come from a space on what I did, right? And granted, you know, if you listen to last last week's episode, you know, when when my father passed, when my husband passed, and now when my mom passed, they were all very different situations, right? And and at the end of the day, I'm using those experiences and that information that I gained from it to now pour into you guys. So hopefully you're going to leave with some more information and more value. So should this happen to you, your family, a friend, or somebody that you know, guys, don't hesitate to share this episode with others. Don't hesitate to share this information with others because this type of situation or this type of information can help other people in in their, you know, time of need and suffering. So um so let's talk about let's talk about my mom's situation, right? So she passed away while we were visiting in Reno, Nevada, which I currently reside in Stockton, California. And granted it was only a 2-hour drive there, we crossed a state line. And one thing that I learned was when somebody passes, outside of their state line it's a little bit more of a process on 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 preparing that body on preparing paperwork so um so let's talk about that because that was totally new to me and and this is where like thank goodness god is in my forefront because he gave me the strength to endure these hurdles that i was being faced with so um You know, when when mom passed away, I had to actually call and research a mortuary service in the state of Nevada because she had to be transported from the hospital to a local mortuary to then basically have her preserved. And then the next step is to have her embalmed to then prepare for her burial. So it's not like as soon as she passed, they just drove her back to Stockton, or in this case, Lodi, where she was buried. No, that it doesn't happen that way, guys. So number one, if a relative or somebody passes outside of state lines, this is the procedure. Depending upon what that state line is, you're dealing with those jurisdictions which can determine the processing of paperwork. So when she passed, I had to do research, you know, and if you're not, this is tough, right? If you're not in the proper state of mind, which most people aren't, you don't even know how to choose, right? I already had arrangements and everything planned here locally in Lodi because she was, when my dad passed, like mom was going to be buried with dad. Like all of those arrangements were completely planned out. But what was the wrench in the road, if you say, was her passing across the state line. So I had to research that, found a mortuary, and and here's where you got to get good, guys. And, and hopefully you're going to take away these golden nuggets with this episode. When I reached out to the mortuary... Um, I let them know the situation, you know, what hospital she was in so that they then can talk, can connect and communicate with the hospital. And long story short, the mortuary does what they're supposed to do. They provide services and and they sell services and they sell packages. And long story short, they were trying to sell me a full-blown, burial, cemetery, all of that funeral expense package. And I was, I had to be very, very upfront and, 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 and strong and adamant and forceful at times and letting them know, hey, mom already has her arrangements over here. I just need you to pick her up prepare her, embalm her, and ship her or drive her to her home, her new home, which is Lodi, Cherokee uh, Memorial Services, Cherokee Funeral and Memorial Services. Um, And that's all I need you to do. Now, I don't know if there was a lack in communication or if I wasn't using the right words, but I had to repeat myself like three different times. And this is important to know because if you don't know this, you may end up paying for things that you don't need to pay for. Okay, guys? People have businesses and they have services and products to sell. It's up to you to be wise to know what you need to purchase in order to go to the next step. So long story short, I'm like, okay, I hear what you're trying to sell me. However, I just need you to bring her to Lodi. What does that involve? Long story short, it was transportation from the hospital to, the, to their mortuary service. And then transportation from their mortuary service to Lodi mortuary service. And embalming her. To preserve her so that when she arrives in Lodi, now they can prepare her. Makeup, hair, dress, all of that stuff, right? And, I mean, I don't know. Like, I hope this is, you know, new information to you that you can use. I know it was definitely so helpful for me to learn this because, again, during this time of, of of trying to mourn and grieve. Handling these types of finances and paperwork can be very stressful. And if you don't have anybody helping you with this, you could be paying for things that are unnecessary. And if we're coming from a space to where we don't even have money to do this, every single dollar counts. So tip number one or fact number one, If somebody passes across state lines, know that they have to, in essence, receive the body, embalm them, preserve them, process paperwork in that county before they then transport them to the home that you want them to actually be received at. Now, here's tip number two, guys they're gonna always ask you, How many births, or excuse me, how many death certificates do you need? I highly recommend paying for five to ten, five to ten death certificates. Eva, why do I need so many death certificates? In case, in case you need them. And here's why you would need them, or in what situations you would need them for. If the person who is passed has any financials, money in the bank, their will and living trust, loans, credit cards, um, anybody that you need to provide proof, the life insurance policy, anybody that you need to provide proof that that person has passed on, you need to supply them with a death certificate. And nine times out of 10, They want an original death certificate. Sealed, signed, thick paper, authentic, real death certificate. And I highly recommend, yes, paying for the death certificates with the funeral home. Here's why. Because when they process that paperwork, they will process that paperwork immediately. And the county gets them the death certificates immediately. So by the time you bury your loved one, you're literally handed those death certificates. In other words, you will get access to those death certificates far faster than if you wait on the back end and then submit a request and apply for them online. Sometimes those online applications can take four to six weeks. Now, why is this important from a financial standpoint, guys? From a financial standpoint, especially, especially if you don't have the personal means to bury your loved one, and let's say you're named as a beneficiary to their bank account, or you're named beneficiary to their life insurance, Life insurances and bank accounts are the fastest way you can liquidate the funds as long as you're named a beneficiary and as long as you provide them proof with a death certificate. So just imagine if you don't order those death certificates up front and you wait till the back end, four to six weeks later, you then get them to then access those financial accounts for your loved one. How are you going to do it? How are you going to pay for those services if you don't know this information? So tip number two, you get the death certificates ordered with the funeral home. So by the time the services are done, you are now handed those certificates. And now you can proceed with liquidating or accessing those bank accounts or the life insurance policies so that you then can either pay for the funeral services or reimburse yourself for that. Now, what I'm going to be talking about, you know, there's going to be some type of legalities involved here and there. By all means, I am not an attorney, but I will say this. If you are the sole beneficiary of that loved one's accounts, you can have access to those accounts once you provide the death certificate. So the sooner you have that, the sooner you can access, the sooner you can access, the weight becomes lifted a little bit off of your shoulders. Now, tip number three, and I might be kind of dancing back and forth, but stick with me, guys, stick with me. Tip number three your loved ones, or even you or your loved ones should definitely, definitely make sure you have beneficiaries tied to your financial accounts. And here's another reason why you want to do that. Because when you name whoever you decide as the beneficiary to the accounts, they will have immediate access to those accounts versus if you don't name anybody as a beneficiary, that account or those financial accounts or assets cannot be liquidated unless there is a will and or a living trust in place. So making sure you're naming beneficiaries to your account just smooths out the process. There's no questions about it. There is, it, it, nobody can fight it. Nobody can contest it. I have my beneficiaries on the accounts. Should have something happen to me right now, those accounts automatically go to my beneficiaries. This This is important, guys, especially for those who have not created a will or a living trust. If you don't name beneficiaries, you don't have a living trust, you don't have a will. Guess what, guys? All of your hard-earned work and money now goes to the state. Yes, it goes to the government. And they then get to decide when money is released, who is released to but most importantly, they get their cut first. They get taxed on it first before they release and they decide who to release it to. So, tip number 3, make sure you have named beneficiaries on your financial accounts or assets so that there is no if ands a but a buts about it, no questions, no no nobody's arguing it. And this is going to, number one, protect your monies, but most importantly, allow it to be a smooth process and transition for your loved ones. Now, going back. Mom was transported to then uh, Lodi Cherokee Memorial where all of her services were held. Again, I had prepaid for these, you know, almost four years ago, prepaid for services, all of that almost 4 years ago when my father passed away. So that in itself pre-planning buying and and paying for the burial and funeral arrangements ahead of time so that your loved ones don't have to worry about this type of expense that that's another way. That's another way to help. But let's just pretend again you don't have That ability. You don't have those means to do that. And you might want to consult. I should have probably consulted my contact at the mortuary service for this particular question, but let's let's talk about it. Let's say you don't have the money and you got to do a GoFundMe, or you gotta raise funds, or you know, you're asking people for help, or you're going to your church for resources, or you're just, you know doing things to be able to raise money to be able to plan the funeral, plan the burial, plan their celebration of life. And while you're in this space, honestly, it feels like time goes by so fast, but yet so slow. But let's say you need time to gather up the funds the funeral home is going to ask you to pick a date for the funeral services and their burial. If you need time to gather funds to make this as best as possible, ask them how long can they preserve the body for? Now, I might ruffle some feathers or make people feel some type of way, but guys, we're talking about finances right now. We're talking about trying to make the best financial move during difficult times and making sure that we're not just going out there and making financial decisions based on emotions because those are the most expensive, expensive transactions is when you have to make a financial decision based on your emotion. Many of us want to bury our loved one immediately, get it over with, so that we can hopefully move on and be strong. Okay, that's person number one. Person number two might be, okay, no, I want to give my loved one the best celebration of life, burial, funeral ever, and I need time. This is where you can possibly buy your time, guys by asking the funeral home, how long can we preserve the body? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I will say this. When my hubby passed away was during COVID and there were a lot of burials. A lot of services going on. I didn't even have the choice to bury him sooner rather than later. It was, we're booked and it's going to take about three weeks. And I thought to myself, three weeks? Like, is he going to be okay? Like, is the body going to be preserved? Like, what if he doesn't look right? Like, I was worried about all kinds of stuff. And they they were like, no, Mrs. Pelosi. was like, it's going to be okay. Like, believe me, we've done this before. And I'm like, okay, trust the process because they're the professionals. With mom, I didn't have a choice once again because – the time and the processing that it took for her to be transported from Nevada over to here was also a three-week turnaround time. And I thought to myself, okay, Eva, don't panic. This happened with Will. Mom's going to be okay. So then I thought to myself, man, this is actually great information. Great information. Why is it great? Because the more time you have to plan for the services, you can secure your finances. You can plan with ease and not rush. And when you take your time doing things and planning things out, it in essence comes out better. Better than what you can imagine. So don't feel rushed or if anybody is telling you or pressuring you to, to, you gotta do this fast and you gotta get through this and you gotta choose this. Like ask for help. Ask for some, ask for help. Friends, families, coworkers, this podcast, ask for help with getting information so that you can properly lay your loved one down to rest in, 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 in the most beautiful way possible. Right? Okay. Now I say that because a lot of people don't realize that the monies that need to be paid need to be paid two to three days before the services. So just imagine if you're choosing a date that is seven days from now, to bury them, and to have the services. Now you got to pay the funeral home two to three days before, which only gives you about three days to come up with finances and plan all of this. That's a short window of time, guys. So don't be intimidated by the process, but definitely pick up these golden nuggets so that you can be able to best prepare. Now, when you go in to the funeral home, hopefully, next tip, take somebody with you. You know, if you're an only child, take someone with you. Take your spouse. Take your significant other. Take a supportive friend. Take your siblings. Take someone with you that has experience in this, but most importantly, that is empathetic. This is so important because when you have that consultation with the funeral home, they're going to ask you so many questions and they're going to give you so many options. And if you don't have somebody there helping you, guide you, you in essence could be buying and paying for all kinds of things that may or may not be necessary. Again, because you're operating from a space of emotion. So when you first go in, they're going to ask you some questions, obviously, your relationship, you know, details, you know, about their, you know, their name, where they were born, their parents, like all of the stuff that goes on to the death certificate and all of that stuff. But most importantly, this is where you then have to decide in the cemetery, where do you want to bury your loved one? A lot of people don't know this, but the land for burials, the cemetery, it's legit real estate, guys. It's real estate. In other words, yes, you have a cemetery location, but within the cemetery, there are certain parts of the cemetery that cost more than other parts. Yes. This is a thing. How do I know? (laughs) Because I've learned and I laugh about it because it blows my mind. I would have never thought that burying someone next to a water fountain would cost me more money than burying somebody on the far left corner. Cemetery land is real estate. Number one. Number two, you kind of have to decide how do you want to bury them? Buried in a casket? Are they going to be, um, um, oh my gosh, why did I lose my train of thought? Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh my god, um, buried in a casket or, um, buried into a wall, right, in the mausoleum, or are they going to be cremated? And, and, If they're going to be cremated, is part of them going to be buried with the loved one or are they just going to be completely in an urn? Like there's all these options, but I say I want to focus on the difference between burying in a casket in a ground versus a casket in a mausoleum, in in like a building, in a wall, in an area, because those are all different price points. Let's take it to the basics with how I buried my loved ones. In the ground, in a casket. Now, you know this is crazy. This may be crazy to you, but I don't know. I think about all kinds of things, and um, and I remember a couple years ago, a couple years ago, somebody here in Stockton passed away, and it hit the the headlines, and 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 it was devastating, and the husband buried his wife, and he honored her. He honored her in many different ways, but most importantly, when he posted her headstone, I thought to myself, that's the headstone I want when I am buried. And for those of you who follow my social media, many of you have commented on my husband's headstone, and, and it's, a, it's a vertical headstone, and it's actually a collage of pictures of different uh, moments in our life. Our wedding day, our first family photo, our last family photo, him as a child. Um, So it was a picture collage engraved on a headstone that went vertical. But when my friend buried his wife, her headstone was horizontal and it was big. And I thought to myself, that's what I want. So when I had to bury my husband at Cherokee, that was a first, I said, everything else can wait, I want this headstone, can I put it in this location? They were like, no, no, like, he, he was like, look at all the headstones, they all have to be uniform, and, and in the area that he's in, it's vertical headstone, flat on the ground. Like, I'm I'm sure... The next time you visit your loved one in a cemetery, you're probably going to catch these things. I didn't catch these things before. Not until it came time to bury my loved ones. So I said, okay, wait a minute. This is the headstone that I want. Where in the cemetery can I put this? And he's like, okay, let me go walk you to that location. Walked me to that location, but unfortunately, there wasn't an area to where... If you choose a vertical headstone, excuse me, if you choose a horizontal headstone, you have to be buried side by side. And unfortunately, that part of the cemetery was filled. So I couldn't choose that. Then it was, okay, well, if that, if I really wanted that headstone, I'd have to go to a different cemetery. And I had already fallen in love with Cherokee, so that was a non-negotiable. I'm like, no, we're we here. Like, my dad's here. Hubby's going to be here. Whoever's next, they're going to be here like this is the place. And no, Cherokee is not paying me to say this, but I fell in love with the place. I fell in love with their levels of service, the atmosphere, the cleanliness, how they upkeep everything. These are the things that I look at. Because these are things that are important to me. Even though our loved ones are up in heaven, I... Wanted to honor them in a certain and a specific way. I had my list. I already had things mapped out. I like to plan. So anyways, long story short, I couldn't choose that headstone. So then I said, okay, well, if I can't have the horizontal headstone, where can I put the vertical collage looking headstone? Because that's what I want. So then he took me to other areas. I love water. So I chose the location for both my husband and my father next to a fountain. That costs a little bit more. Yeah, let's be real. It costs more to be buried next to a fountain. Now, this is that cemetery. Maybe other cemeteries have other structures to where, you know, the price points are different. But for me, I'm like, when I visit my loved one, I want to be able to close my eyes and hear the water. So that's how I chose that. Paid a little bit extra. That was a non-negotiable of mine. But most importantly, I got the headstone. I got to be, I I got to choose the water feature. But yes, different parts of the cemetery, land, real estate, it has different price points. Also, you kind of want to think ahead because and thank goodness i'm like god knew god knew because see my father passed in 2019 so when i prepared for his services yes i wanted that water feature but most importantly i knew i needed to pay for a spot to where it can have two caskets one on top of another and that's another thing guys when it comes to the cemeteries not all of the areas can accommodate that like there's designs like they have their guidelines for a reason so i knew that when dad passed i was going to pay for an extra spot and 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 i wanted it to make sure that it was next to the water fountain so we got that spot that was in 2019 Didn't know hubby was going to pass in 2021. But I say God's got my back because when I went back to Cherokee, I'm like, okay, what do you have that is next to my father? He's like, I have a couple spaces, but I only have one space that will accommodate a dual casket hole. I said, show me. Because, in essence, my vision is, when I go, I will be buried with hubby. And that's a whole other episode. But anyways, I will be buried with hubby. So when he walked me out to the one spot, the only spot next to the fountain, next to my dad, that could accommodate two caskets, It was directly above my dad. So literally next to one another, right there in front of the fountain, and I'm like, God and dad, like you knew if you didn't save this spot for me, I would be torn to pieces because the only other option was nowhere near any water features. So got that spot. So you're in this appointment and you got to make all these decisions and 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 sometimes it's just so much too soon and and this is why you got to take somebody with you like thank goodness my best friend was with me you know when Will passed and 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 when my dad passed and this time around it was with my mom it was my brother my sister which the arrangements were already made so it was just even easier but when you're there in that appointment yes you have to choose where You got to choose, you know, where they're going to be buried, the headstone type, the casket, flowers, programs, the sign-in book, the little prayer cards, music, slideshow. Like, you got to choose all of this. Hence, the more reason I say, let's space it out. Let's, you know, give yourself two to three weeks so that you can be able to properly plan. Now, also, also what's done during this appointment, they're going to ask you, how do you plan to pay for the services? Here's another fun fact, guys, or here's another tip. If your loved one has a life insurance policy or multiple life insurance policies, you, the funeral home will ask you, do they have a life policy? And if you say yes you can have the option of them calling the life insurance company, making all of those arrangements, and the life insurance company directly pays the funeral home. This is key, guys. A lot of people don't realize you can do this. So instead of you trying to figure out how to pay for the services up front and waiting on the back end to then submit death certificates to the financials, to the life insurance companies, to then receive payment, to get reimbursed for what you paid. That processing time can take weeks, sometimes months, which means now you have to pay and figure out how to pay for these services. So that's another tip guys. This is where hopefully you know your loved one's situation. You want to you want to let the funeral service know, yes, proceed with calling the life insurance company. Life insurance company will cut them a check to pay for the services and then you will receive the rest of the monies or whoever is the beneficiary will receive the rest of the monies from that point forward. Now, Let's say you're making the funeral arrangements, but you're not the beneficiary of the life insurance policy. Well, guess what? Funeral home calls life insurance policy. Life insurance policy is calling the beneficiary. The beneficiary has to give the approval in order for the life insurance to then send funds to the funeral home. But that's one way that you can alleviate the financial transaction up front with your own money or worrying about how to come up with the funds in the front end versus the back end. So, yes, funeral services, we'll call the life company and make those arrangements. If you don't have that type of option, then this is where we can then figure out do we fundraise, do we dip into savings, what do we do? I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm like, I'm going to spend the money anyways. So how am I going to spend this money? While I could have taken the money out of savings to pay, cut a check and pay for the funeral services, I didn't do that. What I did is I stuck that on a credit card. That pays me rewards. Number one, pays me rewards. But number two, it also allowed me to keep track of all of the expenses. This is important, especially if later on you have to divide expenses among siblings or whoever. Make sure all of the funeral expenses are coming from one account or one credit card so that you can Keep organized and everything is very clean. So when it comes time for you to get reimbursed or people to pay you their portion, at least you have everything organized. So what I did with my brother and my sister, I said, you know what? I got it. I'll take it care of. You know, once this is done, we'll liquidate mom's accounts. Whatever's, you know, if if it's not enough, then we come back and revisit put that on my credit card, racked up rewards. Some of you are probably thinking, oh my gosh, no, she didn't. Guys, this is money you're going to spend anyways. Be smart about it. 0% interest credit card that pays rewards so that if it takes time for you to cash out bank accounts, life insurance policies, Wait for the GoFundMe to release your funds. Wait for family to pay you back. At least it's all on one card at a 0% interest with the low and affordable payment. Don't go out and get personal loans. Those interest rates are far higher. Don't go out and get title loans where you give them the pink slip of your vehicle and now Your vehicle could be at risk if you don't pay them back. Don't get those payday loans that charge you 30%. And I know I'm speaking to somebody. We need to not make financial moves based on emotions. We need to be smarter about how we use money and how we use credit to get us through a life-changing or a life-altering event. So yes, you best believe 0% interest credit card for 12 months with cashback rewards. That's what we did. Now, moving through this process makes it far easier when all you got to do is swipe, know what's going to get taken care of because we have planned for this. We have had time to be able to plan for it. Now, Mom's been buried. Services were amazing. Again, shout out to the tribe for helping me get through all of this because while finances were the least of the worries, it was still the heartache and the grieving and the mourning you got to go through until the services happen, until they're laid to rest. And even then, Even then, after they're laid to rest, who to say that you're going to be back to normal, right? Like you now have to find your new norm. And the last thing you need to worry about is after you laid your family down to rest, you got to worry about how am I going to pay these bills? You got to worry about the phone calls you need to make. And who am I sending these death certificates to? So, In essence, it's still not done. We're still not done. You know, buried mom last week. Now we got to start making these phone calls. Here's a tip for you guys. And again, I'm not an attorney. This is based on experience. Experience in my own personal life and in my 17 plus years working at the credit counseling company hearing stories and learning from those types of experiences. Let's say you have a loved one who has passed and they don't have any assets. They don't own anything of value. They don't own real estate. Um, They don't have money in the bank. Um, They don't have anything. But they have bills. They have credit cards and they have loans. And all of a sudden, Right, You call these credit card companies to notify them that your loved one has passed. The not-so-good credit card companies are going to say, okay, how can you make a payment? When's the fastest way you can pay? You know they will balance. We need payment. The not-so-good credit card companies are going to intimidate you and scare you into paying them. The better credit card companies are going to be like, Okay, no problem. Do you have an email? I need to send you some paperwork. I need you to supply us with a death certificate so that we can show record that the person has passed so they then can write off the debt. This is key, guys. I have heard so many stories of the family and, and, and the children and the spouses Continuing to pay the debt of the person who has passed because they didn't know no different. Continuing to pay these bills for years. Guys, if your loved one has passed and they are the only name on that debt and they do not have assets that the creditors can take legal action and get from you, all you gotta do is submit that death certificate letting them know they have passed and they write off the debt. Now, will they try to collect? Absolutely. But if they don't have anything to collect from, how are they going to collect anything? Now, some of you may be like, I want to honor mom's wishes and still pay her bills. That's perfectly fine. But from a standpoint in terms of contracts, if the person is the only named on the account on the debt and they don't have any assets that that bank can go after, technically, the financial institution, well, they are SOL'd, plain and simply. I mean, you know. That's the risk they take when they lend people money. Now let's talk about that. Okay, Eva, but you know what? I've been paying this credit card for you know already three months now, and I never told them. I just figured I had to pay it because my loved one owed it. Okay, well, now you now you have information. Now you call them and you explain. Hey, I didn't know. Or this is key too. What if your loved one has set up auto payments from the bank account to the credit card company. And if you don't know this or you're not used to seeing this type of activity, that credit card company or that bank can be getting paid every single month because of the auto pay that's still enabled. So, yes, sooner rather than later, you want to call the financial institution's of your loved one and let them know they have passed and how do you proceed with submitting a death certificate so that they can stop all activity and charge off any remaining balances because there's no other surviving person left on that contract for them to collect the money from. And I promise you, those phone calls are difficult. And many of us just don't even like making phone calls, period. Let alone a phone call of that type of magnitude. I just hope that I have encouraged you to have confidence that if your loved one is the only one named on that account and they owe money, it literally is just submitting the death certificate so that the financial institution can discharge it. That's what it comes down to. So hopefully that that, hopefully that's given you a little bit of ease and has lifted weight off of your shoulders. Now, on another side, let's say they do have assets. They own property. They own, you know, real estate or things of value. This is where it's important, guys, that you make sure you set up your living trusts. When you set up your living trust, you are protecting those assets so that a creditor cannot sue to then take away those assets to then satisfy them. But most importantly, it's to protect the assets and to name them, to pass them on to those that are a part of that trust your children, your grandchildren your neighbor that you love so much. Trust, a living trust is stronger than a will. A living trust avoids probate. A living trust protects those assets. And this is something that a lot of people don't know. If you pass and you have minor children or you have conservatorship of someone else and you pass and you do not have a living trust that states who is going to be the caregiver for your minor children or the loved one that you have conservatorship over, If you do not dictate that in a living trust, they will go to the state. And now your loved ones will have to go to court to fight over these children or your loved ones because you didn't properly structure them. You didn't properly designate Who is responsible to care for them when you're no longer here? And I say this especially to my couples. God forbid you guys don't pass at the same time. But if you do, who are your children going to go home with? This is so important, guys. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know this until I sat with my living trust attorney. And she asked all of these questions and posed all of these scenarios. And I thought to myself, holy smokes. What if? What if me and Will passed at the same time due to COVID? Little Will was still under 18. Mateo definitely under 18. Desmond was the only one above age. But just because he's the brother doesn't mean his brothers go with him. We had to specifically name Desmond as the caregiver. Because when they're under 18, they're not an adult, guys. So I encourage you make sure you get with the right people. Make sure you've taken notes on this episode. Now that you know different, I hope and pray that you do different. Most importantly, I hope that I've added value. I hope that I've shared a lot of different golden nuggets to where financially, now you can better prepare for when this situation happens. And most importantly, if you still have lots of questions, do me a favor, just drop it in the comments below. Shoot me a DM. I'd love to help you with this. Crazes it may sound guys, crazes it may sound. This is why you need a coach for everything. For everything. I have my living trust attorney to help me with these things. I have my tax advisor to help me with my taxes. I have my real estate agent to help me find real estate, my loan officer to talk to me about the different loans that are available now. Because as life shifts and as the economy shifts, we need those people in our life to be able to guide us in the right direction. Crazy as it may sound, part of my Lions coaching program, this is what I do for people. You have these questions? Oh, you best believe we are texting back and forth. Heck, I don't know. You need me to go with you to the funeral service so that we can talk about this because I'm experienced. Yes, that's a concierge service you get with my program. I've had my lions be at the car dealership FaceTiming me with the finance guy talking about they want to give them a 10% interest rate. And I'm like, uh, no, no. They have a 700-plus score. They deserve a 3% interest rate. Have your people close to you, the professionals, the coaches who can guide you, mentor you, so that you're not making financial moves based on emotions that can turn out more expensive. With that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in. Most importantly, this is dropping the same week. I am making my major announcement of the Lions Club, the Legacy Edition. So for all of those who have been waiting to come on board, guys, make sure your notifications are on. Make sure you stand by because I will be making the major announcement coming on June 1st. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. But you see what i become It ain't hard to tell Young legend, I'm an icon